welcome to Popaholics, the show where a dad and daughter dish on pop culture. I'm Steve Hall. I'm Kate Hall. Uh, Kate, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, booked and busy. I think I said that last time in regards to your schedule, but also now it's my schedule. Kate <laughs> just got back from New York City for yep. her job. Yep. It was the big very... apple's never the same. What? The big apple's never the same. Well, I've only, this is only my second trip and I've, you know, I've never gone, I've never been there for an extended amount of time. So we, my boss and I did get to see a very, very tiny exhibit of uh, Dior and Balenciaga couture at the museum at Fashion Institute of Technology. So that was cool. Wow. Last day before we'd go to the airport. (laughs) So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's, that's my personal favorite too. So yeah. Yeah. You're. You you strike me as more of a Balenciaga guy. <laughs> as Kate said, uh, I've I've uh, been traveling a little bit too, and so we haven't had a show for a few weeks. So this is mm-hmm. our our comeback, so to speak. So, Kate, okay, what you know with your busy schedule, what pop culture have you been up to? Well, we'll start with this one because it's kind of a very dramatic book. I got the book "Tell Me Lies." Hope I say her name right by uh, Kerala. Lovering. And so I picked this up because they're making this book into a Hulu series. It comes out next month. And the trailer is very, very like, ooh, soapy, mystery, oh, drama. So I wanted to read the book. And I finished that book during the trip. This book, Tell Me Lies, is a quote unquote, quotes, this is quotes now, is a sexy, thrilling novel about the, that one person who still haunts you, the other one. The wrong one, the one you couldn't let go of, the one you'll never forget. This In this novel, it alternates chapters between the two main characters, Lucy and Stephen, uh, and it follows them through college and post-college life in New York. So as you can probably assume, it's about them and their relationship. I figured out what the ultimate twist was pretty early on, but the way that it's written is like, I thought it was a very good handling of like oh you know even if you do know what's going to happen it's like that um they can't see me making this face like it's oh when's when's it going to happen oh my god oh she's, she's going to figure like, it out and she's using uh, her hands and going like kind of pushing like oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> so it just keeps like building and building building and and you're like well like what is the final showdown if you will how is that going to look because it, it deals with some pretty serious stuff. Well, I don't want to do, I don't want to yeah. say any spoilers. Other than there's a lot of sex. There's a lot more cocaine than I thought there was going to be in this mm. book. And the twist doesn't really have anything to do with either of those. But I guess my college experience was very, I thought it was very normal. But in comparison to the the characters in this book, it feels very sheltered. Uh, <laughs> Well, that the book's also amped up for dramatic purposes. True, that's true. And apparently, supposedly what I've heard is that just everybody in Los Angeles is on co- cocaine constantly. Because <laughs> uh, there's like California sober. Have you ever heard of that? Um, <laughs> so like maybe it's true, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I went to a, a big school, but it was a Midwest school. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so did maybe you my like this point, book? Yeah, did you like my, this book? Yeah. Oh yeah. I liked it. It was a a page turner. 
I think for anybody who has been in a relationship that was, it doesn't even have to be a toxic relationship, but we've, we've all had interactions and possibly relationships with people like the people in the book. And so it was interesting to, for me to maybe like see that kind of a relationship from an exterior, I almost said higher, it's not a higher viewpoint from an exterior viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, when you're in it, you are not, maybe you do understand a little bit of what's going on, but right. you're so focused on fixing or like the intense feelings of, of joy and happiness. And then also just like anger and whatever that you, you and this person are like constantly going back and forth with. So Uh, So yes, yes, it was good. Yes, I think you should read it. Be prepared for all the sex and the drugs. Um, (laughs) I grew up up in the 70s, dude. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then also, you know, when the series comes out next next month on Hulu, I'm I'm definitely going to watch it. So remind Uh, us what the title is and the author. Oh, Tell Me Lies by uh, Carola Lovering. Okay. So wherever. So, you know, you mentioned that you figured out what was going to happen pretty early on, but you still uh, were drawn into the story. And that ties into what I'm going to talk about, which is a movie called 13 Lives, excuse me, uh, which is a 2022 biographical survival film. And it's about the Thai soccer kids who got trapped in that cave back in 2018. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember. So they, had, they had practice, and then after practice on a, on a, a lark, they went to this cave, and then there was this freak rainstorm. So they got trapped in there, and they were trapped way back in this cave. And mm-hmm. so this movie is about the efforts to rescue them. I re- it was 2018, so I remember what happened, you know. But even so, this movie was very gripping and sus- suspenseful. The Thai divers didn't have experience in terms of cave diving, which you had to do to rescue these kids. And so these Mm -hmm. British guys were volunteers, came, and they're played in the movie by Viggo Mortensen, uh, Colin Farrell, Joel Edgerton, and Tom Bateman. And this movie, I should mention, was directed and produced by Ron Howard. Know, of Apollo 13 fame and many other movies. Of course, he was opening on Andy Griffith's show. And a screenplay written by William Nicholson. And I have to say, this was just, uh, it starts and it's sort of the kids at practice and it, it feels like it's going to be this sort of cheap docudrama. Mm-hmm. And then from the minute they get stuck in the cave, uh, first of all, you don't see them. You don't see them until the divers actually get back there. So then that's, that's amping up the suspense, right? I don't know how they did the diving uh, scenes, but it's intense. These guys are trying, you know, because they've got uh, all this diving equipment and then they've got like rescue stuff that they're trying to get back to these kids. And they're going through these super narrow spaces underwater in these caves. Holy crap. It was just intense. I have to say it was, it was incredible. It was a great, great film. It is on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, it's free to pri- Prime subscribers. And one of the things that's good about this 
movie is the Thai culture is very much about karma, uh, the idea of helping others, you know, and then you'll, you know, because you'll eventually benefit from it. Okay, Mm -hmm. good karma. And so it goes through all of the different things that different segments of Thai society did to try to help these kids. This engineer came up with this plan. There are these sinkholes in the top of this mountain. He said, well, if, if we could just divert that water, you know, that would prevent the cave from flooding further. Well, the problem is then you have to divert it onto these rice fields. And so then it wipes out their crops. And so Mm -hmm. they had this meeting with the farmers. And I read that one of the people who plays the farmers was actually someone who was there. Okay. So they make this sacrifice and stuff. So it's just an incredible movie. So 13 Lives. And like I said, it's on Amazon Prime. Cool. Well, I have been watching the second season of Only Murders in the Building. Have we talked about that yet? Uh, we, we talked talk- about the show. Yeah, I think. Go ahead. First seasons. In season two, Mabel, Oliver, and Charles are back to solve the murder of Bunny Folger, uh, who is the board, the apart- the building's board president. Right. Uh, that murder happened right at the very end, the season finale uh, of season one. I was thinking about it the other day, how they're basically, they're using the exact same formula, but I don't find it boring. It's still really intriguing and it keeps you guessing and of course with steve martin and martin short Martin Short and selena gomez plays mabel their timing is great the chemistry is great they are you see their interactions with people from season one and then also new people in season two and i haven't finished season two yet there are a couple there have been a couple weird casting choices i thought for new characters like i'm i'm not really Or, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Because I'm not finished with this season, maybe that it all hasn't come full circle and some of the the earlier episodes with new characters, I'm like, what is, (laughs) what's going on here? What are we doing here? I don't understand. But hopefully that will be explained as the season goes on. Uh, I'm still watching season one. And the reason I'm still watching season one is I enjoy it. And I'm a huge fan of, of Steve Martin and Martin Short. And I think Selena Gomez is great. But for some reason, it's it feels slow to me. I keep going, come on, let, let's get let's get things moving. Let's go. <laughs> right? Like the episode yeah. was Sting. It felt like that took forever to resolve. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm yes. just impatient, ADD. I don't know what it is, but um... well, you're not, I don't think you're ADD. I think you're just impatient. <laughs> see, I mean, I think if you are a true crime, if you're a fan of podcasts, because that's part of the whole thing is that they start a po- podcast to try to solve the first murder that happened uh, in season one, and so then they're back, and so you also get that added layer of like, like the sophomore slump, yeah. Quote unquote, sophomore slump so their their listeners are like man like what are they doing this is they're not getting anywhere but that's not how that's not how it works it's not you know what i mean it's not right. like resolved quickly <laughs> so. okay well let me ask you this do you think season two compares how do you think it compares to season one is, is it as good is it different i think, think so yeah i think so far well like i said they're using the exact same formula as they did in season one and so I think it compares 
so far we'll see you know once i reach the end of it if i feel like disappointed um but so far i'm enjoying it and that's you know hulu (laughs) i just want to mention steve martin comedy legend perfectionist martin short tells this great story about how steve martin called him and he said hey, I'm going to be on Jimmy Kimmel. And I was wondering if I could run some of these jokes by you. And so he does. And Martin Short gives him his feedback. And then he says, when are, when are you on Jimmy Kimmel? And, he goes, and C. Martin says, in two months. Martin Short says, two months? You realize that most comedians would start thinking of this as they're driving to the studio for the show, right? Yeah. <laughs> he just likes to be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> This is another show that's, it's on Hulu, but I watched it on Disney Plus, so I'll explain that. But it is a show with multiple seasons, and that's going to be important in this story. So Seth MacFarlane, who created Family Guy, American Dad, written, produced, starred in some movies too, most notably the TED movies in which uh, Mark Wahlberg plays this guy who has this talking teddy bear, and when he, he got it when he was a kid. Now he's grown up and he and the bear are like sort of frat boys. They're, you know, drinking beer and foul mouthed and in these in this wonderful uh, New England accent, I have to say. And yeah. um, the the first movie is um, Ted, Ted Xanax prevent Mark Wahlberg's character from moving on with his girlfriend, who is Mila Kunis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're 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 entertaining movies in their way. He, Seth MacFarlane, then created this show called The Orville for Fox. And it is obviously inspired by a love of Star Trek and also, you know, set out initially to kind of parody Star Trek, too. I remember when the show came on, and I actually watched it on network. And it would, it would alternate between, like, the space adventures and then just like almost sitcom kind of jokes between characters. And I didn't think it worked at all. I thought it was awful. And so I watched, I think, three or four episodes, and then I gave up on it. This week, R.J. Sullivan, who is a writer that I met when I was a freelance writer, and we have a very similar taste in terms of sci-fi, fantasy, horror, both fan of old school horror, not so much the slasher stuff. So I tend to agree with his opinion, I'd say 80, 85% of the time. Okay, value his judgment. So he he says, man, I watched the latest episode of The Orville on Hulu, and it was just fantastic. It's like some of the best sci-fi on TV right now. And I went, The Orville? (laughs) Okay. So I I reply to his thing on Facebook and say, you know, I found the first season jokey and off-putting. Where should I start with these series? And then both he and some of the, his friends responded and said, you know, it gets a lot better as it goes along. So I'm like, okay. So I start with season two, right? And the very first episode I'm watching has this subplot about this alien. In his culture, it's a big deal. Had this sacred ceremony once a year where he relieves himself. And his friends and family come and, and watch him relieve himself. And so okay. there's all these pee jokes. Okay. And I'm thinking, RJ Sullivan, have you lost your marbles? This is this is not <laughs> this is not good. But then the rest of the episode was good. Okay, because it was about the relationships of people on the on the uh, spaceship. 
And then, uh, I, so then I start watching it and it, man, it, it gets better and better as it goes on. There's, um, the typical space adventure type stuff. Like what if a first contact with an alien civilization went sideways, right? What if, uh, could a robot and a human have a meaningful emotional relationship? Good stuff like that. And then episodes that like Star Trek comment on stuff now. There was this episode where a male alien is attracted to a female member of the Orville's crew. Except on his, in his world, males are the dominant creatures and males marry males. And if you are attracted and females are considered, considered inferior. And so if you're attracted to a female you get executed. And so it's this great comment on persecuting someone for their sexual identity, but mm-hmm. done through this, this lens of outer space. So I'm, I'm super excited to, to see what else. I've seen probably like on the eighth or ninth episode of season two, Disney Plus had three seasons uh, total. And meanwhile, there's new episodes that are coming on on Hulu. Woo. That's the Orville, like I said, Disney Plus, Hulu. This is a very Hulu heavy episode. It is. We, we didn't plan that. <laughs> shout out to RJ Sullivan for being right. For being correct. Being correct, <laughs> yes. Well, the only the only other thing I have to talk about is Miss Beyonce uh, released her last al- her latest album two weeks ago, three weeks ago, called Renaissance. Have you listened to it at all yet, Dad? I have not. We can, we will put it on the playlist. Okay. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Cause I was thinking about this. Uh-oh. It's long, which is, which, um, I think it just that by itself it is this, <laughs> this doesn't sound very nice. It sounds pretty, it's pretty novel these days. Cause most, I find a lot of the stuff I'm listening to albums, full albums was like maybe 40 minutes long. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure what her total minute, minute count is for Renaissance, but it's sizable. So, and that's good. That's not a criticism. It's like, whoa, like nobody, there are so many people that are just releasing single after single after single. And then it gets kind of mashed together into the album, quote unquote, the album. And so then maybe it doesn't really make sense. But with Renaissance, these are the smoothest transitions between songs that I've ever heard in my entire life. Like it's one continuous piece, which I feel like nobody does that anymore. Unless you're, well, no, that's not true either. Yeah. Nobody does that anymore. (laughs) So, (laughs) So that, that is really cool. And she is very clearly inspired by a ton of influences on this album. So gospel, 90s dance and R&B, which the single Break My Soul is very, uh, very clearly that. Influenced and I think sampled um, Donna Summer. And then also there's a lot of like club and ballroom influences like drag show, you know, work it girl, that kind of a thing. And she's doing all of this, but then she's talking about, of course, typical like relationship stuff, like everybody covers and their music, but also being a mother, current politics, the black experience. There's a line in, let me pull it up. 
and I probably would will tell you that it's I'll probably tell you the wrong song. One of these, she makes mention of Karens as terrorists. And so like we all have seen multiple videos of white women thinking that they have the right to, you know, call the police for on a black person that's just existing. I think that she, that Beyonce handles that so well, even though I can't remember which song it is. Cause to me, it's all like, it's one song. And so I think it's worth a listen, even if you're not very into Beyonce, which the people that aren't into Beyonce are very, very anti. So yeah, I think, (laughs) I think everyone should Start at the you know top of the album and just like let it play all the way through. Our playlist will probably have a few songs from not all all Beyonce's. Okay. We can talk. You and I can talk about that later. Okay. Um, and anyway, so it's Beyonce, and what is the name of the album again? The album is Renaissance. Renaissance. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about another strong woman. Me? You're going to talk about me? No. I'm going to talk about you. <laughs> I'm going to talk about this. What are the odds? It's something else on Hulu. It's a movie called The Princess. And listen to this description. When a strong-willed princess refuses to wed the cruel sociopath, she is kidnapped and locked in a remote tower of her father's castle. With her vindictive suitor intent on taking her father's throne, the princess must save the kingdom. Joey King plays the princess. Dominique Cooper who people may remember from Mamma Mia and Preacher. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. He plays the, the evil sociopath. There's a couple of just kick-ass women combatants. Um, Olga, Olga Kurylenko, sorry. And Olga Kurylenko. She's yeah. been in at least one Bond movie. Okay. And, yeah, and then also Veronica Ingio. How would you say that? I have no idea. sorry to veronica (laughs) all right so so when you when you pull this movie up on hulu it has something about this is intended for mature audiences it's great late night fare okay and i think one reason they say that is it's the kind of movie where it feels like the two writers pounded out the script in about a day but then the guy who had to choreograph all the fight scenes like spent weeks or months doing it because there are just some I mean, this movie is pretty much one long fight from the beginning all the way to the end. The action sequences are really good. Uh, I have to say there are a lot of scenes. You would like this movie because there's a lot of scenes where male chauvinist pigs get their butts handed to them by women. Not just me. That's a, I mean, <laughs> honestly, like, that's what you get. We're coming for you. You're coming, so. for, you're coming for us. So if you're in the mood for relatively mindless action, theme featuring female empowerment and by female empowerment i mean of course a woman who can take down about 18 zillion you know knights with just one sword then choose the princess on on hulu i want to mention if anyone tuned in expecting us to say what we thought of the series finale of better call saul uh you're gonna have to wait for that because kate doesn't watch it i don't watch it (laughs) I I'm a huge I was a huge Breaking Bad fan and I think Bob Odenkirk is amazing, just incredibly talented, uh, serious actor and comedian. And but I feel like Better Call Saul is a lot slower than Breaking Bad, and I tend to watch this kind of stuff whenever my wife is away. So then 
it takes me forever to get through it. So, <laughs> so like, if come back to me in like two years and I'll probably be able to comment on the Better Call Saul finale. I've studiously avoided reading any, anytime I see anything that says Better Call Saul, blah, 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 blah. I always, I always avoid it, except there was one story about Cinnabon, you know, the, the place you go at, you like in airports and sometimes at the mall where you get those gigantic. Do they still have those? I didn't yeah. realize that was still a thing. Yeah. Okay. So in Breaking Bad, there was this cryptic reference towards the end of the show where Saul, played by Odenkirk, says, uh, boy, if this goes south, I'll be managing a Cinnabon, you know, in Omaha, Nebraska. And then it turns out there's a reason he said that. And it was really, <laughs> it was really cool to read that, read why, why that line came up. That's a better call, Saul. And like I said, we'll talk about the series finale in a couple of years. <laughs> Kate, where can yeah. people find us? People can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Papaholics Podcast, on Twitter at Papaholics, and uh, they can email us at papaholicspodcast at gmail.com. Excellent. Well, for Papaholics, I'm Steve Hall. I'm Kate Hall. Go out and enjoy pop culture. You always do the weird, like, expression in the voice. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>